Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. This is Q&A number 141 and it's made for my virtual coaching group. It is April 24th of 2023 and I'd like to welcome new members, Darla from Texas, Sharon and Jamie from Florida, and some new riders that came to my clinic on Sunday. They get a free month in the group for coming to a clinic. And that would be Kate, Austin, Wilhelmina, Julie, and Summer, all from Florida. Um, I believe Summer's moving to Tennessee, though. So see, she can still stay in the virtual coaching group afterwards. That's how nice that works out. Um, Gosh, I met 260 members have signed up in the last two and a half years and 25 states and it's just been a really great group. I love I love the group and I love hearing the success stories that come from it. This weekend we had Rita in Oklahoma win a 3D buckle series. Uh, gorgeous buckle on her novice horse kiss and then Barbara in Memphis here in Florida went to a three-day barrel race and had two personal best fast times. Friday, then Saturday, and also won the slot race 2D second. Came home with over $6,000 in winnings for a three-day event. So she's on cloud nine, her biggest payday yet. And um, I want to say that these people work really hard. You know, 1D and 2D is not easy. Those horses are not easy to ride. There isn't really an easy barrel horse. You have, whether you're winning the 3D or the 5D, you really have to know your horses and really know, um, and that's kind of the story I want to start off with sharing. Um, success doesn't come easy. It comes from hard work. It comes from believing in yourself. It comes from uh, really believing that, you know, like saying what you want, seeing what you want in your head and, and then doing it. Um, it really comes from knowing your horse you know, putting in the time with that connection with them every day, even if you're not riding them, you're massaging them or bonding with them or groundwork or, you know, hauling them or just, you know, getting the vet check, the, all the other things that go with it, the proper nutrition, the proper care, um, the right dentist, the right farrier, the right vet care. There's so much that can make you better. If a horse doesn't feel good, they're not going to run good. And there's so many things that, you know, people come to me and say, oh, this horse is doing this or that. And, you know, you can't train pain. So you really need to rule out, is there any chance this horse is dealing with something? Maybe, you know, an issue of, you know, pain in the back or the withers or, you know, the back or um, the hocks or, you know, who knows? They could have a a chiropractic issue. They could have hindgut ulcers. They could have bleeding lungs, sore feet, a sharp tooth. Um, There's just so much that goes into it. And that's why you really have to have a team that you believe in and um, and that can you can go to and, and ask, hey, you know, check my horse over and give me your opinion and go from there. And of course, having a coach that you can send videos and pictures to and help you fine tune and see things that you might have missed and uh, point out something that, hey, you know, you could try this or try that or, you know, want something to do different for a tune up or competition or maybe something that you just um, are just not quite confident in yet and you just need to uh, someone to help you think outside the box a little bit. So um, I just wanted to share that because I, I often see people in clinics that I, I've come to a clinic and I've been seeing them for maybe five or six years and I see their progress and 
it always makes me so happy. And then I forget where they started. And my clinic assistant this weekend, she's 17, almost 18. And she was there basically to help me set up, tear down if we need to change a bit or shorten some reins or, uh, you know, if I need her to work with one horse while I'm doing another horse, uh, just, you know, for a moment for a little extra instruction on something, you know. Um, and I remember her saying to me, you know, I remembered when I met you, my horse was stiff as a board and had no bend or flex. And, you know, and then her horses are like placing 1D, 2D now. And, um, and she has a really good handle on her new horse. And, um, and it made me realize that, you know, that's, you know, at the progress, it took her a few years to get there. It wasn't something overnight. There was a time when she didn't have rate on her horses. And then there was a time where her horses had so much rate, she had to push them in the hole. So, you know, she just progressed to that level over time. And, um, you know, when, and I remember, it makes me remember that when I see someone struggling or they're starting or they're lacking foundation that, you know what, in two or three years, you're going to laugh at this. You're going to be so far, so much further along or someone who's maybe 4D and then moves up to 2D, you know, and it's just fun for me to get to watch people. I'll have clients that I've had for 10 years and I've got to see them really progress and so I guess what I'm trying to say is if you feel like you're struggling, don't give up. Just keep a positive attitude, work hard, and realize that it just takes time. And there are things you can do about it. And that's what we're going to talk about today's topic. We're going to talk about a writing challenge and a visualizing challenge for you guys this week. Um, and as you all know, the challenges for this month are take action daily, do something every day towards your goal and your dream. And then also we've been talking about that first quarter mindset check-in, you know, and the performance tracker and all of that. And I'm going to talk about that as a topic today to make sure that you're doing everything you can to help yourself be prepared on the weekend for competition. So today um, I'm doing the Q&A this evening. It's like 6.30 Monday night. I spent the entire day, I did 14 videos today and it took every bit of my entire day other than taking care of my own ranch, my own horses. Uh, and tomorrow I have to get hay and I have another, I don't know, 30 videos to go. So I have quite a few videos to get done. So they're going to take me every bit of Tuesday, Wednesday, and possibly Thursday to get caught up. So I appreciate everyone's patience. Um, whenever I have a clinic, I'm about one day behind on returning the videos and I do them as order in order they came in. So I just start a list and I get Saturdays done, you know, first and then Sundays, then Mondays. So, uh, so realize whatever day you sent me, you're probably two days behind of the people who sent them Saturday and Sunday. If you just sent your videos today. So, but, uh, be patient and I will get them done for you. If there is something, you know, you're in a rush for some reason, um, you have an event coming up, I'll try to bump you ahead, but otherwise, um, I should have them all done, by Wednesday, I'm hoping. Um, <laughs> that's my goal. So providing I don't run out of throat, I was a uh, voice. I um, I was mentally exhausted when I got home Sunday night because, you know, it's six hours of nine horses and riders and really trying to fine tune. And I had quite a variety from some very advanced riders and horses to some that were really just starting out. So it was quite a variety of levels and having to kind of customize for each person. Um, so anyways, I, so I thought I'd go ahead and knock out the um, Q&A now. 
so that I can just focus on videos as soon as I wake up tomorrow morning with my coffee. And then I've got to go get hay for the horses too. But, um, and then I'll be working on videos after that. And then I have a lesson in the evening. So that's the other thing. I have to work videos around my lessons, um, here at the ranch as well. So, um, providing the weather plays nice. Uh, so my first question that came in was how to learn to have softer hands um, for face flexing. Do you recommend using a martingale? Um, a lot of times people use martingales and I think they're more of a band-aid for horse for riders that don't have good timing with their hands. And I also think it's because people are in a hurry and they um, they don't want to... Uh, spend the time that it takes on the front side they want to get to the competition or the you know the fast stuff the pattern work before they really get solid basics so for me I just rather put on a snaffle or a side pill side pull or a snaffle with some split reins and just me and my horse face flexing at a standstill left right and down and I'm going to ask really slow for them to give to that pressure and as soon as they do I'm going to release really quick like it's a hot potato that way they know immediately they gave me the right answer. The key is to not release on the wrong answer. So let's say I'm laterally flexing my horse. If their feet move, if they pull their head or don't give their head, I don't release. I only release when their feet don't move and they, they release that neck muscle and soften and give that little inch that I'm looking for. <laughs> so then that happens, they get the release. You know, in the beginning, if we can only go, you know, couple inches fine but eventually I want them to come all the way around to their nose to their almost their shoulder or to my boot um but again you can teach face flexing on the ground too before you ever get in the saddle so it's really easy for colts to pick it up if you've taught it on the ground first face flexing uh, head down yielding hindquarters yielding front end all that can be taught on the ground so when you get in the saddle the horse already is familiar with the cue so keep that in mind as well. Or you can do that in the barn on a rainy day that you can't ride. That's always a good time to work on those cues on the ground. Um, you can use a martingale. I'm not a huge into it. Some people like the training forks or running martingales. Some people like the head setters. Some people like the uh, German martingale. But I personally have had them all and I just let them hang in my trailer, end up selling them or getting rid of them. I just would rather it just be me, my horse, and a pair of split reins and whatever bridle they like on their face. Generally, like I said, it's going to be a side pull or a snaffle bit. And that's where I'm going to start working on my bend and flex. And um, once it's good at a stand, I get it good at a walk. And then I move on to a trot and lope. So it could take 30 days of lateral and vertical just at a walk. And then it could take another 30 days at a trot, maybe another 30 days at a lope before they're really soft laterally and vertically. Um, so don't rush it. And I don't mean just days, I mean rides. So keep that in mind. Um, but again, everyone's different. I do think that people that don't keep their hands even or don't know when to release, they'll go ahead and they'll put their martingales on. But the thing you have to remember about a martingale or a tie down, there's never a true release. Just like if people bit a horse up in the round pen and leave them. There's never a release. All you do is sore up a horse and, and maybe um, make them tired, but you don't actually teach them anything, you know. So if I'm going to bid a horse up, I'm going to lunge them and bid them up at free lunge or on a lunge line. And then as soon as I see them giving you that pressure, I'm going to release them and let them know that's what I needed. I just need you to give a little and move forward and you're done. And then that way they, they learn that, hey, the sooner I do this, this process, it's over. And they, they get the idea of it. So the next question was, um, 
how do I shave off that last half second? So generally there's three ways, and this is like going from the 2D to the 1D. And it's really tough, it's really competitive, and, and it's not gonna be easy because it's competitive out there. And, and those horses are true athletes that really need an assertive rider getting everything out of those horses. So you can't just be a passenger and you can't be afraid to ask for a little bit more. So the first thing is trying to go a little bit faster to first if you can and still have a smooth turn. The second thing is really firing out of your turns, making sure you're pulling up on that horn and just giving them their head and smooching, driving them out, getting that full run, that first stride out not two or three strides out. And the other thing is still keeping real smooth, snappy turns where you're not wasting steps. And that that little bit, you just have to kind of look at your runs and say, okay, where am I losing my time of those three places? Is it my turns? Is it out of my turns or from the alleyway or even home? So most likely those are going to be your three places that you'll say, okay, this is probably where I'm losing my time. And then, um, and then you'll be ready. So, so that's what I would recommend. And, um, and just kind of do one thing at a time. Remember what I said about your performance track, tracker. Do one thing at a time. And also remember, if you're adding more speed out of first barrel or out of the alleyway to first barrel, you may have to cue for rate sooner by sitting and bumping. Um, if you're thinking about firing out harder, then you may also have to sit a stride sooner until your horse learns, or you may have to talk to him, whoa, here, hey, whatever, and just make sure that they're focused, or you might have to do a little quick one-hand bump or two-hand bump and make sure they're ready. So um, those are the places that you're going to shave time. And then, of course, we want to watch your videos make sure you're not taking an extra step or stride around your barrel. You really want it for smooth turns. You want them to start their turn when your leg gets the barrel. So that should be their second stride of rate when their, their leg gets the barrel. Their first stride happens before the barrel. And then their first stride, their front and back feet should be getting from spot one to two. And then their second stride, their front and back feet should be getting from spot two to three. And then they should be driving out after that. So that's another place where you can shave time. Um, let's see here. The third one is how do you separate or how does the horse know the difference between backing cue and vertical flex cue at a stand and that's what I love about horses they are so smart so um and also about loose rein whoa should it be done with or without reins uh pressure okay so let's start with the first um if I want my horse to back up I'm gonna uh, sit deep in the saddle I'm gonna apply rein pressure and then I'm gonna cluck and I'm going to go left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot for each step they take. So by adding leg and voice, they should back. If I just want face flex vertically, I'm going to sit deep, but I'm going to have loose legs. I'm going to say, whoa, and I'm going to have just rain pressure. And a horse is so smart. They know the difference. If I say, whoa, and just hands, they know that's for face. If I, uh, if I cluck and add leg and hands and sit, they know that's for back. So that's how smart they are. So it definitely is really cool that a horse knows that. Now, for loose rein, whoa, I would absolutely um, teach it without rein. And the reason why is I like to think of my voice and my, my, my seat, my bottom, as my brakes and my hands as my emergency brake. So for instance, if I'm walking and I sit and pull back on the reins and say, whoa, imagine if I'm running, if I have to use my reins to whoa at a walk, how much am I going to have to do with my reins at a trot or a lope or a dead run? 
So that's why I want my horses to woe by me exhaling, sitting on my pockets, you know, sitting deep in my saddle and taking my leg off and saying, whoa. And I just put my hand down on their mane. And if they stop, I pet them on the butt. If they don't stop, I just pick up my hands and back them up a couple steps and work on backing and breaking in the pole. So I'm still training, but they're saying, oh, wait a minute. If I stop on a loose rein, I get rest and pet. If I if I don't stop on a loose rein, I have to back up and break in the pole. And a horse is always going to look for the easy way out. But by nature, they want to be lazy creatures and they're looking for the pressure to go away. So keep that in mind. And that's how that works. So let's see. Um, I also, right before I get into the topics, I promised I would be doing a holistic section. And remember, on my holistic segment, if you, if anything I say to you is something you're interested in, you can go to the website, my website, TLC Barrels uh, at the SimDiff, um, SimDiff, and uh, that website's given to you when you sign up. It's also in the group, um, and you can go under um, must-haves under my menu, the three little lines in there, and under menu, they'll say TLC must-haves, and you'll get my links to doTERRA and Dynamite. But um, I came home from my clinic on Sunday night and was checking on my horses and giving them their dinner. And um, Briscoe was bit up with ant bites all over her belly and her butt on one side, her hind, her hind end on one side. So I got her out and I got her some Apis, which is a homeopathic tre treatment. It's just little white sugar beads. If you taste them, it tastes like sugar. And I put them in a little syringe with the top tip cut off. And I put like maybe 10 beads in there and I shot them in her mouth. It's just like eating candy. You can just put them in the bottom of her lip or shoot them back in the tongue. And um, I gave the apis. It's for bug bites. Um, it can be a wasp sting, ant bites, whatever. Hives, you know, in general. I gave her that. And then I got some coconut oil and some lavender essential oil. The lavender alone you could put on, but I wanted to cover a big area. Horses are big. So I put some coconut oil in my palm of my hand and then a few drops of lavender. And I massaged it over every area that was bit up with ant bites. So when I got up this morning, she was much better. So that made me really happy. I did it one more time just to give her more relief. And she looks great this evening, Monday night. So that's my recommendation for a home treatment for bug bites. So I always buy extra lavender and coconut oil in the summer because I know I'm going to need it. I like to have apis too. If you weren't doing a holistic option, people would use Dex orally for hives or bug bites uh, or a stinging nettle, you know, things like that. So if ever you're in doubt if it's an ant bite or stinging nettle or something, you may want to hose them off or use rubbing alcohol or witch hazel and get that sting out. And then you could follow up with the coconut oil and the lavender too. Um, I think if you didn't have water, you could just go right into the coconut oil and lavender and, and be good. But I often think it's good to kind of rinse their body if, if it's that kind of a burn from the stingy nettle. But I could tell hers was ants because she wasn't real reactive, but it just looked really miserable. And she loved me massaging that stuff over her because it was so itchy. Um, so my holistic segment for dynamite is the dyna hoof. If you have a horse that's getting good quality hay and they're getting a good source of a vitamin mineral supplement. Like I use dynamite when my horses were competing. Um, but there's a dynamite plus that's more for like retired pasture ornament horses. Um, so if you're feeding that, you generally don't need dyna hoof, but if you just happen to have a horse that just has poor hoof, hoof growth or getting abscesses or just doesn't have the quality of hoof growth, um, that you want, because let me explain that a little better, but dynamite, basically is a balanced formula 
Um, it's containing the enzymes, the coenzymes, the bicalis microorganisms, the chelated amino acids, cultured gut bacteria, vitamins, and bioavailable minerals. Um, and it's, it's really good to give a competitive edge, better attitude, hoof growth, and bloom. And um, that's really, you know, it's been used and successful by the racing industry and um, endurance, uh, speed events, you know, eventing, dressage. It's been used in many, many areas. Now, the Dynamite Plus would be a redu reduced amount of the Dynamite because you don't need that for a retired pasture ornament horse. But it, they add additional coenzymes and herbs that are more for calming and balance of the gut, the pH level. And um, that's for horses that don't need that extra competitive boost that the dynamite has in it. So let's say the horse isn't doing well on that, or maybe you just bought a horse and they really have bad feet and you really just want to get them into the dynamite um, hoof product right away. Uh, I love the Dynahoof. I've had many clients buy bag, one bag of it and see such a big difference. They'll, they'll do two or three bags. But generally, if you just do one bag, you'll see a, a nice difference in your horse. So the Dynahoof contains the um, chelazones, which are the uh, minerals bound to specific amino acids relating to hoof growth, along with the biotin and the methylene. Methyl methylene I always say that one wrong. Um, but it's really good for repairing and healing. Um, and it really gets that hoof growth and thickness. Um, and your farrier will even notice. They'll say, wow, you've got a lot of growth or your horse's hooves are feeling thicker. You know, you just really see a nice change in that. So that's the product I wanted to talk about today. And now I'm going to go ahead and go into <coughs> the topic for today. It's called a writing and visualizing assignment. And I truly believe uh, if you do these four things, you say it, you see it, you write it, you will do it. Okay, so writing what you want just helps you really solidify in your head what it is that you want, whether it's a goal or dream or just how you plan to ride your horse in competition or your schedule for the week or your training program. Write it down and then say it out loud. Say what you want. Say what you plan to do. Put it in a positive manner. I'm going to go in there and push my horse to first, sit, bump, say, whoa, it has snappy first barrel. Then I'm going to ride straighter, longer, up in the hole, my hands low and forward, looking at my quarter turns and drive my horse out. I'm going to push my horse to third. I'm going to bump them once, sit, go to the horn, look at my quarter turns, look up, stay off their head, low hand forward and drive them out. You know, and I'm going to push all the way to the timer. Just really get detailed. And then after you write it down and you say it out loud, then I want you to start visualizing it. And do this every single day because it has to become a habit for a month, 30 days to become a habit. Okay, just like when you're changing your diet or your exercise program, it has to become part of a habit. So the fourth thing um, you need to do is believe it. You have to be positive. You have to focus on positive energy. You have to take action daily towards those three things. So um, the details matter. This is very important. If you visualize your run, visualize it from your warm-up to the holding pin to your alleyway approach. Am I going to hug the left side of the alleyway, the center, the right side? Am I going to look up the middle, then the arc, and then my spots one, two, and three? How am I going to ride two hands, one hand? You know, the details all the way from the beginning to the end. Don't focus on just one barrel or one part of your run. Focus on it all. So, <clears throat> 
expect there will be failures, okay, you guys? You can't expect to be perfect all the time, but you need to learn from the failure and move on. That's why you write it in your book so that next barrel race, you go back and say, okay, last time I did this, I need to do this. And, um, and then you have a highlight reel. Those are the ones you visualize, your best runs, the way you were thinking, the way you were feeling, the way that you rode, the way your horse was doing, the way your horse felt. And then have a short memory on the bad stuff. Just kind of be like, okay, um, I learned from that. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to focus on the stuff I do well and that we do well. So by writing things down, it really ingrains it into your mind more. That's why when you're in school, teachers make you write, I will not talk or I will not chew gum or whatever. They make you write a hundred times as a discipline. They want you to remember what you did (laughs) so you won't do it again. So same thing, when you want to do something, write it down so you'll remember exactly what you want to do. Um, that's why in clinics, I used to give them handwritten notes, um, but now I just give them notes with their uh, video reviews. So it's more techie that way, but, um, and then they can write it down if they want to. But um, the more information you give someone, the more they're going to retain. So if you just talk to them that day, there's a good chance they're going to forget half of the stuff that you said. But if you follow up with a video and notes and things like that, they're going to retain even more. So that's why I do that. That's why I hand out my training notebooks, my performance trackers, because that's how you get better by logging how you're doing, tracking your horse's diet, nutrition, I mean, care, um, chiropractic, logging their supplements, um, their, how often their farrier is, any changes you make in your mental game, their warm up, their schedule. That way you can say, Hey, when I was winning, this was going on. When I started being in a slump, this was going on. And then maybe you can get back to that winning mode again. So that's why we do that. Also, it helps like, oh, I haven't been to this arena in six months. Let's see what happened last time I was here. Oh, okay, this is the arena. I've got to really drive them up in the hole. Oh, this is arena. I need to back off a little sooner. Whatever, you know, that's why it's important to have it written down so you can refer to it as well. So um, when it comes to competition time, that's a really good time to just say, look, I'm prepared. I, I, I practiced during the week. I warmed up good. My horse is ready. You know, you have your pre-run routine when you put your rubber bands on, when you braid their mane, you know, all that stuff. You've got that done. When you put your leg boots on, tighten your girth, when you go up to the arena. So when it comes time to they're just about to call your name and you're just about to head to that alleyway and you've already done your praying and your, your focus on your horse, you just take that big exhale and just focus on your spots and one other important thing and just don't overthink it and just be in the moment and be positive and, and, um, and most of all, be kind to yourself. Realize that, um, there are places that we're going to be out of our comfort zone. There's going to be places we're in our comfort zone, but we should always, um, know that's just a time of growth when we, when we're doing something new and, um, and just realize that, Hey, Learning is just going to be a part of horses my entire life. It's a lifetime education. Horses, every horse will teach you something and almost every person will teach you something if you're open to listening. Now, do you have to incorporate it into your program? No. If it feels right, add it. If it doesn't, you don't have to add it. Or if it doesn't make sense, but you want to give it a little try, you don't have to throw out everything you've ever done, but you can maybe say, okay, I might try that in my slow work and just see how I feel about it. And what works for one horse may not work for another horse. You know, it's very much like picking bits or saddles. Every horse is unique on what they're going to like. Every rider is unique on what feels comfortable to them. 
So um, that's going to be a little bit more personal. As long as it's comfortable and it helps you and doesn't hinder you, then I say that's fine as long as it's working. So if it's not broke, don't fix it. If things are going good, leave it alone. If things need an adjustment, try to only make one change at a time so you'll know what's working and what's not working. So that's really all I wanted to share this week. It's only a 30-minute podcast, but um, like I said, um, it I've got a lot of videos to do, and um, I just finished up with this clinic, and um, I didn't have a whole lot of questions come in. I will say that... Um, you know, I, you can't just be all one or the other. It doesn't do any good to just write it down, but not have a tough mental game. It doesn't do any good to be totally prepared, but be go in there and not ride assertive. Um, I shared some videos in the group this week, um, a couple on how to tune on the barrels slow, giving that nice pocket behind the barrel, making sure the horse is riding their hiney in the hole, um, things like that. I also shared a couple of videos about riding really assertive, uh, but not getting in their way. Um, a, a video of a girl on a horse out of Texas. Uh, I did that video in there. Um, you know, I'll be reviewing some of the group videos. So watch when I share a group person. Now, a lot of people don't want me to share their videos. So a lot of them are private and that's perfectly okay. But when I do get the permission to share it in the group, um, study the hand positions study the leg cues, study where they're looking and notice what works and what doesn't work. That's how you grow. And that's the benefit of the group. You get to see not only your reviews, but other people's and you can learn from that and just see what's working and not working. Um, especially with the 1D and 2D runs. Um, I think that's really important, but it's also really important to see in the pretty 3D runs because sometimes, or even a 4D or 5D run. And if you're running your personal best, you might be maxed at the 3D or the 4D and that's okay too. But if you're making mistakes in the 3D or 4D and you still have time to shave or the 2D and you still haven't had your best run yet, then that's where you really want to pay attention to those details and say, okay, where can I shave a little bit more time? And um, I think that's the thing I'd like you to take away from today's podcast is realizing um, right now we've got about 17 people on the personal best list for April, which is super cool. Um, that means that you've either had a fast time somewhere that you're proud of or met a goal on your horse that you're proud of. Maybe you uh, consistent somewhere that you weren't before or had a clean run someplace. Um, whatever it is, uh, just whatever goal you met, that's the personal best. And we do a monthly drawing for it. It's is it for anything big. No, it's like a $15 value. You can get a free month in the group or a few different things I offer, uh, my books or saddle cross or keychains or dynamite or doTERRA credit, um, things like that. So nothing huge, but it's just the idea that, um, you know, just to celebrate with you on every Monday, we, we want to celebrate the wins. And then if you didn't have what the run you wanted, then that's okay too. You learn from it. You just say, okay, this is what I learned from this one. And I'm going to apply it to next week. And I will say this about Barbara. Everyone's like, you know, Barbara's doing so well and she really is. But I'll tell you what, every time you do a review for Barbara, she is a teacher. She is a retired teacher and she has given us a lesson out there in barrel racing right now because she takes something from every run and applies it to the next run. So she messed up her arc on one barrel run and the next barrel race, she was really paying attention to where she was positioned in the alleyway and her approach to that first barrel. And that's why she did so well at PacWest because she really had a game plan for the alleyway to the first barrel and she shaved off 
and had a personal best there. I think her best time before that was a three or four and she ran two 14 twos. Uh, and I believe a 13.6 and a 13.7 won each day. So she was in the top of the 2D both day or all three days. So, so that's pretty awesome. So, but that's what I mean. You just got to take whatever it is um, and realize this horse isn't going to go out there and just do the job. She has to do her job. She has to make, you know, make sure she's focused on getting him to his spots and riding him assertive indoors. He's not going to fire as hard. So she's got to ride aggressive indoors. So she's not just sitting up there and she is a retired school teacher and she's out riding like them 20 year old girls out there. So, I mean, it's a, it's an awesome thing to see her do that. And, um, Rita, who just won the 3D buckle on Kiss, she's retired as well. And so I, I, I'm shout out to the ladies over 50 uh, out there and killing it. So great job, ladies. And um, and um, that's what I mean. It doesn't matter your age or whatever. It's just your attitude, the horse you've got, the teamwork you put together and go out there and lay it down. So do the work and it will pay off. So I'll go ahead and end on that note. And as always, thank you for tuning in. God bless and ride with heart.